0: Alrighty, welcome back, Chicken Nuggets. So this is when you give the queers a mic—a podcast started by me, Avi, and me, Cassia. And tonight we are doing our reboot episode, doing the real season one. Last one was a joke. <laughs> exactly. Last one was just a bonus episode that we totally planned to be a bonus episode.
1: Definitely. We did not just make that up on the fly.
0: Absolutely. But life happens. Life got a little messy there. I'm hoping that this certain type of mess that happened does not happen again.
1: One of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Exactly. Please, God.
0: So do not worry if that made you lose hope in us at all. We just managed to start a podcast right before a catastrophe struck. And we just could not do both of them. This is not going to be a common occurrence, guys.
1: This is the real season one, and there will be a real episode two.
0: Exactly. So there's actually going to be about eight to ten episodes of this, depending on we have a couple that we're looking into on if we want them or not. But this will be a real season, so I hope that you guys stay tuned, tell your friends about it, and with that, let's get on with the episode. Let's do it. So, today we're going to be talking about neurodivergent life hacks. Now, do you want to explain kind of what neurodivergent kind of means to
1: you? So, neurodivergent means your brain is wired a little differently than the in quotations normal person i like to think of it as kind of like i have the x gene from x-men it doesn't mean that something's wrong with me it just means that i have a genetic mutation which makes me a little bit cooler exactly
0: I really like the way that's put because so many people get so embarrassed about it, too.
1: Like, so many people see it as something to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. And that's really sad because it's not something to be ashamed of. It's just the way your brain works.
0: I agree. And so I'm hoping this episode kind of helps with that, too, and making you realize not only are you not alone in this, but it's not something to be ashamed about. So um, going off of your definition, uh, kind of the... Baseline. Here is my podcasty definition of neurodivergency. Um, I found another definition. It's on Wake Forest University. I had no idea these people existed until I started doing research for this. So please go look at their blog. Lots of psychology stuff. Lots of counseling stuff. Really cool people.
1: And who are they? Who are they again?
0: Um, Wake Forest University. Wake
1: Forest University. Yeah. So they're a
0: college.
1: I love that. Yeah. It's very interesting. And we will have that link in the fact check us page of our website. If you want to go check them out. Exactly.
0: Any kind of resources we use in our podcasts will be listed there.
1: Because who knows? You might want to do the research yourself, or you might be interested in seeing what else there is. It is all there for you. Exactly.
0: So I really liked, um, wake University's wake forest university, just woke. (laughs) um, (laughs) Uh, I really like their definition on neurodivergency. Um, They said, Neurodiversity is a scientific concept arising from brain imaging. A number of brain studies have shown that people with learning or thinking differences are wired differently than their peers. In other words, some children are born with brains that think, learn, and process information differently than others. And I really like the way that's put because so many people are like, ah, like, Oh what what is it? I'm trying to think of the classic like post that cranky old women make where it's like, well in my day I when I acted up in school I got a spanking and now kids get medication. I hate those people. I hate that too. With an
1: undying passion like, of all of my soul. This is the,
0: the that's what this makes me think of because it's like cool i'm so happy that you got spanked my child actually is getting proper help and treatment and being treated
1: like a human um because their brain actually how they were born their brain works differently yeah i'm sorry i'm not punishing them for that that's not something you should be punished for exactly
0: Um, So, obviously, there are a lot of different kinds of neurodivergency. We're going to be focusing on a very small group today, though. I like to call them the three A's. They are anxiety, ADHD, and autism.
1: And they kind of go hand-in-hand. They are the odd-number group on the field trips that buddies everywhere together what is the official phrase for that in psychology again so
0: the official phrase for that is comorbid comorbid is basically like hey if you are diagnosed with this you are way more times likely to be diagnosed with this as well so like depression and anxiety are have the highest comorbid rate out of anything
1: and then anxiety, autism, and ADHD are also co- comorbid, and yep. so they are—they're they're just like a little friend group. They all go places together, and, and they're a very chaotically,
0: chaotically developed friend group.
1: Chaotically, yes, <laughs> quite the chaos. They're—they're they're that odd
0: threepel at the party that everyone's like, they're here, but why? <laughs> like, they they are just a very interesting mix, and they make life a little difficult. When it comes to diagnosing them, too, because so many people with ADHD get diagnosed with autism. And vice versa. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes you have both,
1: which and is its, its own, own chaos condition. altogether. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, I actually uh, found some statistics on ADHD, autism, and anxiety.
1: Well, please go over them. Yes.
0: So, um, first of all, about 5 in 10 children with ADHD had a behavior or conduct problem. Um, So, this is those class clowns. This is those kids that would hyperfixate on weird things. Um, My hyperfixation, for example. So, I recently have been told that I most likely have autism. And looking back at my childhood, it's very obvious. So, for example, my hyperfixation, I was always a goody-two-shoes, straight-A student, was never a class clown, but I was always about three to four pages behind in my writing because my handwriting had to be perfect. Otherwise, it just bothered me too much. It was too much, like if I did something wrong, I would erase it and I would try it again. And so I, I was always behind. That was my hyperfixation as a child.
1: Something really common that I've seen on the internet, whether that be Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whoever social media of choice, is that a lot of people who are finding out they're neurodivergent later in life, mm-hmm. whether that be anywhere from 15 to 34, yeah. is they're like, I definitely was not... A child with anxiety, or a child with ADHD, or a child with autism, and then they look back at their childhood, and they're like, the signs were totally there, but nobody was looking the right way.
0: Exactly. Well,
1: and I mean, it's so
0: much easier being trans, even, um, growing up a girl, it's so much easier to have autism or ADHD as a girl, and not be diagnosed with it. Because so many people, I mean, there's so many statistics out there. So recently, um, it used to be girls have ADD and boys have ADHD. That was a big miscommunication there. And then later on they figured out, hey, some girls do have ADHD, they're just less likely to have it. Some boys have ADD, they're just less likely to have it.
1: And then we have discovered that
0: it's all the same thing. Just on a big spectrum. So ADD is kind of like Asperger's is to autism.
1: Um, A common thing between autism and Asperger's it was that it was that girls had Asperger's and boys had autism. Mm-hmm. And what we have learned, it is just another spectrum and it's the brain chemicals that make it show up in different ways. Yeah, it's
0: literally the exact same situation with both of the A families, oddly enough, other yeah. than anxiety. Anxiety has always been anxiety. Anxiety just
1: sucks. <laughs> anxiety has always known it's identity. Exactly. Like, ADHD
0: and autism have their perks where it's kind of like, oh, my God, my personality would not be the same without it. But anxiety, no one needs anxiety. That's fair. It doesn't fair. do anything it, fun.
1: I, I kind of agree with that one, yeah. to be honest. Autism. has superpowers. <laughs> it's, for lack of a better phrase, it's like Rogue and X-Men where she's the one where if she touches somebody, they die. <laughs> Um, and it's like there's not really a great purpose to this, as opposed to, like, everybody else, where it's like, I can turn myself into bulletproof, bulletproof metal, or I can shoot ice out of my hands, and then it's like, I have to wear these gloves all the time, and I can't kiss you without killing you. Yeah. And that is the three A's, I like to think.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... But that's just been such an interesting development with um, ADHD and ADD, is figuring out that spectrum. Um, Another thing is about three in 10 children with ADHD had anxiety, not surprising. ADHD has so much um, uh, sensory overload to it. And I think that you can you can definitely say this more than I can just because I do not have ADHD. But I mean there there are definitely some days where your surroundings are too much. Because you're focusing on
1: too much. Sensory overload or Underload. Underload, for lack of a better phrase. And to be honest, both kind of give anxiety. Mm -hmm. ADHD is very all or nothing. There's not really a happy space in the middle. And both sides give different types of anxiety. If I'm overstimulated, everything's really loud, everything's really bright or really dull, and all of the textures are bad. Yeah. If I'm understimulated, it's more... You're you're trying desperately to find something. Trying desperately to find something.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's the entire anxiety of that. Mm-hmm. And so I could definitely understand why anxiety and ADHD are kind of besties. Yeah, they comorbid. In the neurodivergency world. They exactly. comorbid really well, which is an interesting thing to say. Mm-hmm.
0: So and then um, about one in fifty four children has been identified with autism spectrum disorder.
1: Which is so many. It really is. When it you put not the numbers seem in the like a
0: lot. But considering the fact that in the world there are eight billion people um there's so many also um just a little heads up the reason that i'm doing all these statistics for children instead of adults is because this is something that starts when you are very young um and odds are actually that the number is much higher because once you get to a certain age Um, it's so much more difficult to diagnose you with autism spectrum
1: disorder. Same with ADHD. Mm -hmm. Society has just decided that once you reach a certain age, it magically goes away.
0: Apparently.
1: Which is really dumb because I imagine if doctors actually took neurodivergent people seriously and diagnosed them with what they need to be diagnosed with, our numbers would be a lot higher. I agree. Yeah. That is a conversation for a different day. It really
0: (laughs) is. Um, and then last but not least, ADHD, behavior problems, anxiety, and depression are the most commonly diagnosed mental disorders in children. Which
1: makes a lot of sense. It does.
0: Well, especially when you look at the fact that things like autism, anxiety, and ADHD, especially autism and ADHD, you are born
1: with it. That is... you are going to show it so much sooner. That is something that your brain is wired with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more it's something that you are wired with immediately rather than like say DID Mm -hmm. which is your trauma trauma. you're wired with it but something has to trigger that to get Mm -hmm. that started
0: yeah the same with schizophrenia I mean, your brain has the capacity to do it, but it's not going to do
1: it until it is triggered. It has to flip that switch first. Rather, yeah. with anxiety, ADHD, and autism, you're kind of born with the flip, like with the switch flipped. Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, most of the time, babies with severe autism, autism, they're figured out the second they're like four or five months old and they're supposed to be hitting developmental markers and they're just not
1: my sister uh, my sister has autism and when everybody figured that out it was right when you get to the stage when babies start rolling over Mm -hmm. and they start trying to sit up on their own she just didn't Mm -hmm. like one day she was trying and then the next day I guess like the flitch the flitch, switch finished flipping Mm -hmm. and she just stopped and that is when doctors were like so we were guessing this but now we're definitely sure she's autistic
0: yeah so interesting thing so um our friend um i'll just say her name starts with an e just for uh certain purposes and we'll call her e yeah e you know who i'm talking about though yes um so her sibling actually went through some trauma and they suspected that they had autism for a very long time because they were doing pretty good they were always a little odd always a little off but that trauma happened when they were about four and it got so much worse and they actually have did and so they really um this is one of those cases where they absolutely cannot diagnose them with autism because they don't know if they have autism they don't know if it's just from the developmental delays because they front as an eight-year-old or they don't know if only one of the personalities has
1: autism. Dude, DID mixed D-I-D. with other neurodivergency is its own whole... Podcast episode. Podcast. It's an
0: entire season if we're being honest. Honestly.
1: We will probably come back to this topic because it is a mm-hmm. fascinating topic. But, like, it's just one of those things where...
0: A lot of times the problem when it comes to diagnosing autism and stuff... Isn't necessarily that the symptoms aren't there it's what else is there
1: because autism often comorbids with multiple other things and it is quite the dilemma and it's not like there's something that
0: doctors can look for they can't be like oh you're more likely to have a child with autism or oh you um like oh your child went through this trauma in utero or your child did this in life or so they're more likely to have it. There's no way to tell.
1: just in genetics, you got that lucky straw. Mm -hmm.
0: And so it's really important to be educated on the symptoms of it because odds are you're not going to be able to get diagnosed, especially if you're older, especially if you have other kinds of uh, mental health disorders. I have borderline, and that ends up mixing with... Quite a few of the sensory things that happen with autism and the emotional issues that happen with it, I will probably never get diagnosed with it. Even though doctors are like, hey, we know that you have this, but we cannot medically diagnose you.
1: We will have to do a podcast episode on uh, self-diagnosing mm-hmm. it is sort of a controversy, but it's it also is. something that the internet is coming to accept especially to if to we're older properly.
0: you need to learn how to do it so I definitely agree that
1: yeah it that is, is
0: something that is touched on
1: We will come back to that conversation once again. We're also neurodivergent, as we have said, so if we get a little sidetracked on different topics, Mm -hmm. um, that just means more episodes for the future, guys. Exactly.
0: Episodes for the future. It's like little sneak peeks. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Hallelujah.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, going into that, now that we've kind of explained what neurodivergency is, though, let's go into these hacks. So I have three hacks here, and they all are going to kind of lead into each other. Um, The first one is textures and their effects. So, sensory issues. Sensory. Any kind of sensory. Um, So, a little story time here. The reason why I think this one is so big. So, a couple... It was only a few days after I had started thinking and looking at the signs that I probably had autism. We decided that it was time to change our sheets because neurodivergent, we struggle with cleaning. We struggle with cleaning our bed and changing our sheets, doing laundry. Decided it was finally time. So we do it, obviously. We've done it several times before. We don't have a lot of clean sheets to spare, so we toss on a flannel one. We toss on some mismatched polyester cotton mix pillows that are more polyester than cotton. And we just go for it. And I went to bed that night, and for the first time in a week and a half, My nightmare meds did not work, which was huge because they've been working so well.
1: It was a major thing. We had finally found meds that work, Mm -hmm. and that it was like a switch. I'm going to probably use that metaphor many times in this conversation. I find so
0: many things in mental health is...
1: And they just no longer worked. And we, for the life of us, could not figure out why. It
0: was just like, maybe I need to up my dose. Maybe it was something where it was just like an adjustment period when I started them. And about three days passed. And each one of those nights, I was still having awful nightmares. I was repeating them. I'm a very lucid dreamer. So I start dreaming before I fall asleep. And I continue dreaming for about 10 to 30 minutes after I wake up. And so I, what me having nightmares is very, very difficult because I will not leave that reality when I've woken up. Um, And so having those nightmare meds where I'm still dreaming but I don't remember what I dream about was so important and they just were not working. And so I totally on a different kind of uh, research thing started looking up how to make a morning and evening routine um, as someone with autism. And, of course, I couldn't find any that were adults telling adults.
1: All of the resources out there or, are either for people who are dating, someone who's neurodivergent, mm-hmm. your child who is neurodivergent, for you as a parent, yeah. or it's, I have a PhD, and these are very long, complicated scientific terms. Exactly.
0: There's, by the way, if you ever have to read a scientific paper...
1: Just read the thesis and the
0: conclusion. Um, those will tell you everything you need to know. No, everything in between is going to explain how they reached that. Thesis will explain what they were trying to get at, conclusion explained what they actually did. Just Street little, Smarts of College. Exactly, just a little tidbit. I've written so many papers with uh, journal articles that were like 73 pages long, and I did, I got 98% on them, and I'm like, I didn't read any of these. I went off the thesis. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that um,
1: was a college life hack for
0: you. Exactly. Just a little free life hack sprinkles everywhere. So um, we switch these bedsheets. I start looking into these articles. I finally decide that I'm going to read the one that's for the parent about raising a child. And it's about building an evening routine And it's like, okay, make sure that the bed is a comfortable texture because if it's not, they're not going to sleep well and that's going to throw off their evening routine and their morning routine because they're not going to get enough sleep to function. And whatever other routines you have planned for the day, they're going to be tired and they're more likely to throw fits. Totally understandable. If you are listening to this and you have a child, also very helpful for you use these in their life too (laughs) honestly it does not have to be just things that you do and so i read that and i was like huh interesting i thought about testing it out but i was like you know my bed really isn't that uncomfortable it's a bed it's a bed and then i laid down and i realized it hit me immediately i was like oh my god i hate flannel sheets i hate flannel sheets
1: and i hate the way these pillowcases feel they were
0: like plastic that was attempting to be soft and they were failing. It's like, it's like if a robber, like, walked in with nothing covering his face and looked in the camera and said, my face is covered. Like, it was not a good attempt at comfortable pillowcases. And so me and Cass made the decision that, hey, you know what? We're going to make a late-night target run. No matter how much it's going to cost, we're going to get bed sheets that both of us can sleep comfortably on. We're going to try this. And it ended up only costing us 60 bucks, which I'm super proud of.
1: Huge deal. Um, Target also, has never failed me. Yeah, agreed. Also, if you're someone who likes
0: really soft things or, um, really colorful things. Target's kid section has so many fun textures, has so many fun colors. It's all soft. It's all comfortable.
1: Adulting does not have to be this idea that we have in our head when we think of adulting. You are an adult. If you think the stuff on the kid's side is cuter and you want it, no one is stopping you. Go! Get it! Please! Be happy! Exactly. And,
0: so I, um, We got those, we got home, I was so excited to get them on the bed, put them on. Next morning I wake up, nightmare meds worked perfectly. And the reason I'm telling you this story isn't just to be like, oh, textures are such a big deal. It's to be like, hey, textures are a very, very big deal. I was taking medication that has to be prescribed by a psychiatrist to help me cope with nightmares and the sensations that I was sleeping on were so bad to me and they were so awful to my mind that it. I started waking myself up, using my nightmares to get off of the textures. My mind went, hey, these textures are so bad, we're going to make your meds not work so you can get the fuck up off of these textures. Like, they are serious problems.
1: It is a major deal, and it is that way for a lot of people. Um, One of the bigger things for me is that I hate large spoons. Something about the little spoon is just so much Mm -hmm. better. Yeah. And I am going to be honest, I threw away all of the large spoons, we only have little spoons now. (laughs) Because... Be comfortable in your own life. Even if you don't think that it that sensory is going to bother you, test it anyway. See if you don't like it. You deserve to be comfortable in your own existence.
0: Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Also, I'm going to say exactly so many times through this, but I feel like it's the best response when I'm like, that was well said. I don't want to say that's well said. (laughs) I'm just going to say exactly. Um, but no, and it's so important to have those textures be good. And if you don't know if there are bad textures around your house, try it out.
1: Try it. Same if you do realize there's bad textures and you go to the store and you get some new ones. Touch the blanket. Push the buttons on the toy. Sit in the chair. Make sure that it is your ass approved. Okay? You exactly. deserve to be comfortable. Yeah. And
0: it's also so important because I like my bed was so uncomfortable, and I didn't even realize. You do not know how bad some of your sensory issues can be until you really start exploring them. Um, it's like cats with spoons. Like big, big spoons. spoons
1: are evil. Yeah, they are the <laughs> devil incarnate. <laughs>
0: not flannel is. Um, <laughs>
1: the devil wears flannel and carries a large spoon (laughs) i would not be surprised
0: but yeah find the texture that works for you it's so important to your mental health it's so important to you just being awake being functioning bed who knows you might be like man i haven't really been feeling like eating and then you bite into the food that you eat every single day for breakfast like your favorite cereal you love the taste you bite into it and you realize that that sound that it creates when you bite it screws with your ears
1: and it's going to cost some money odds are and I hate to say this you might be broke but it is definitely worth the upgrade I was 60 dollars poor and had about a dollar 45 to my name Yep. But it was totally worth it. I adore the bed we sleep on. And I didn't know it then, but I was also uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you don't realize it until you really start looking into it. So do not be scared to run around your house like a madman, touching, listening... Oh, make sure that when you do get things that you wear, or things that you are going to be sleeping in, that they do not make noises. If you get really easily overloaded by uh, auditory uh, sensations, and things go swish when you move in them, do not get them.
1: Corduroy is not for you, my friend. No, neither is um, silk.
0: Yeah. Silk is awful.
1: Now, sometimes, like me, I enjoy the swishy noises in moderation mm-hmm. on occasion. It kind of varies from person to person. If you like the noises, keep the noises. If you don't like the noises, well, you know the things to avoid. Exactly. And just roll with that.
0: Alrighty, on to hack two. Here we so go. Once you have gotten those textures figured out, once you know what works for you, next comes to organizing those
1: things which i can hear everybody panicking and reaching for the stop button organizing is not this terrifying thing that we think it is exactly it's
0: anti-pinterest
1: anti-pinterest style organizing if the pens don't fit in the cup because you keep knocking the cup. Well, you just don't like the cup. The cup might just
0: be fucking stupid.
1: <laughs> the cup is stupid. Put the, put, put the pens in a tray. They're so much easier to grab that way. They
0: are. And then you can actually see what you're looking at.
1: Exactly. Don't
0: stab yourself trying to grab one in the middle. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Organize the world around you to fit you. Like, my favorite thing in the world is ADHD-organized fridges. Yep. Yep. Which, I know that doesn't work for everybody with ADHD, but I know it does work for a lot of us. And I have never been happier since my vegetables lived in the door, and my condiments lived in the drawers at the bottom where the vegetables used to rot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's just, that's just what works for us, is doing things the opposite of what society, quotation marks, um, has told us to do. Like, for example, um, I know a few people who have a really hard time br- like remembering to brush their teeth with their nightly routines. And so they'll just keep a glass of water and disposable toothbrushes on their bedstand so that when they go to bed, they go, oh my gosh, I completely forgot to brush my teeth. And they brush them there, they drink the water, they spit it back out into the cup, and their teeth are brushed.
1: And it's another one of those things where do adulting and life and everything your way. You're an adult. You're an adult. One of the great things about being an adult is that you get to do everything your way, finally, after waiting for so long. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you are comfortable with your life and your routine and the way things feel and the way your house is set up. Mm
0: -hmm. And once again, if you're listening to this as a parent who is, like, trying to figure out what to do with their neurodivergent child, ask them, be like, hey, you always throw, like if they, for example, one of my siblings, her name uh, is Jada, she's 12 now, but when she was like seven, she had a really big issue with brushing her hair in the morning. And so my grandma figured out that um, copious amounts of detangling spray, brushing it out in the shower.
1: That's fair. Mm -hmm. I never thought of that. Tal has a very similar problem still to this day. Mm -hmm. It is actually the reason she decided to Britney Spears her head. Yeah. Was that she didn't want to deal with her hair anymore. And I never thought about seeing if she could get it to brush it in the shower. Yep.
0: And so just ask her kid things like that. Like, maybe they throw a really big fit when they have to... Uh, put on pajamas at night see if they don't like the way their pajamas feel see if they're getting too overheated like if you if you're trying to sleep in a room that is too warm for you that's going to make any texture feel bad
1: see if they want to sleep in their clothes Mm -hmm. there is see if they like
0: sleeping on floors
1: my sister for the life of them cannot sleep in a bed to save her life Uh, She has a loft bed in her room right now, a beautiful, I imagine, decently expensive bed that sits closer to the ceiling. And she still sleeps on the floor, because that's just the way her brain works.
0: Exactly. And so, if you have kids and you're trying to figure this kind of stuff out, double check with them. Be like, hey, let's try some new things. Don't be scared to try something that's weird. If they have a problem with their bed, ask them, hey, do you want to try sleeping on a couch? Or do you want to try sleeping on the floor? You might spend more money because you have to replace a bed. You might save money because you find out that they just really like sleeping on the floor.
1: There's nothing wrong with that. And that doesn't make you a bad parent. Exactly. In my opinion, it actually makes you a better one. You are listening to your child's needs.
0: Yeah. And same thing goes for your partners. If you have a partner who's super neuro- neurodivergent that has no idea what to do... Um, Work with them. Yeah. I feel like being a partner of someone who's neurodivergent, it kind of comes with the territory that is up to you to help them figure this stuff out.
1: Which sounds like a big job, but once... It's kind of... Really, you're just there to give ideas. Give ideas. And I think that's one of the things of dating. I feel like even neurotypical relationships Mm -hmm. are the exact same way, just with different subjects. Yeah.
0: And so organizing... And organizing also involves organizing routines... Um, just make sure that if you are someone who's super into routines and your routine gets messed up and you start freaking out, remember to breathe. That sounds so basic and like, oh, my God, I know. Obviously, I breathe We all get the time. it.
1: Breathe, and, meditate. It's going to cure your anxiety. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> but when
0: I talk to my therapist, I'll be talking to her about my
1: new morning routine
0: or my new, like, what to do when I'm cooking routine or things like that. And I'll be like, yeah, this is how the routine goes. And she's like, cool, what if something messes up the routine? And I'll go through this long list of things I could do. And she's like, how about breathing? And I'll be like, well, that seemed kind of obvious. And she's like, it is to you now. But once you actually get in the moment where you're really upset because something just messed up your routine and now now you're struggling and now you're trying desperately to fix it or mend it or get something else into the routine to make it better or move it so that you can do it later on in the day and you just forget to breathe
1: so breathe and remember to keep that routine flexible Mm -hmm. because as much as we try to we cannot plan for disasters major minor big or small yeah like something is going to
0: podcast
1: Our podcast. Yeah,
0: like, there was a huge disaster. Our routine got thrown so far off. It got thrown two months into the future, and we just weren't able to keep up with things. That can happen to your little morning routines,
1: too. And that's okay. And that doesn't mean you should quit them. If you are happy with the routine, don't quit it because it got messed up, even if... That means it got messed up for two months or three months or six months just because life got in the way.
0: If you did it for a week and nothing bad happened, and you did it straight for a week, completely good, and it felt amazing, and then all of a sudden you have two weeks where things are going wrong and keep messing it up, that does not mean that the routine is wrong. That doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. It is literally just life, and so we have to find ways to work around it. Well said. Well said. Um, moving on to number three, so we have honesty and communication.
1: That is a big thing that I think a lot of people who are neurodivergent have a hard time doing. Yeah, well,
0: and it's also like so many people will, um, they'll get the textures fixed, they'll get everything organized, and then they'll be too embarrassed to tell people why.
1: It was kind of similar to how I was with the fridge, and then Belle got groceries. hmm So, my, my boyfriend, Bell decided to go and get groceries. Bless him. Uh, he didn't know he was making the biggest of mistake of his life. And he came home, and he put them all away and completely disregarded that I had a routine for the fridge. Because, well... He didn't know. I didn't tell him. Mm-hmm. And I got home and opened my fridge and kind of had a bit of a mental breakdown there. Yeah. Because I did not communicate how important it was for me and my routine and the way I had my life set up.
0: Um the same thing goes for so we have a guinea pig named Thor. Whenever he's out of water he will bite the metal spigot in his cage and he'll pull on it and so his teeth will grate against the metal. The little ball in the thing will bounce up and down ridiculously fast. And so it's loud and it's grating. And that sound is crippling to me. So if he starts doing that and I'm already in bed, I will sit there and I will not move. And I I just can't. It becomes immobilizing to me. It is so overpowering, which that does happen with some things. Sometimes it's something that's such a big sensory overload that it just makes it impossible to move on from it until it is stopped
1: and the big thing to do when this happens is to communicate with your family members and your friends and your partners and your co-workers and anyone who is surrounding you because it's important and because we have learned to communicate these needs they're not wants they're needs Mm -hmm. uh we now have it set up where i have a certain time where i super fill and i double check thor's water before everybody goes to bed so that we don't have to deal with that noise and bell doesn't put the groceries away anymore unless it's refrigerated and then he tries to look for the spot where it's supposed to go
0: yep exactly (laughs) and so it's just really important to communicate and it's not going to make you seem like a jerk
1: you're not a jerk you're not being annoying or babyish or like wow okay the neurodivergent person's going crazy again no yeah exactly
0: um you are doing what makes your life easiest and in the end honestly it's going to make everyone around you's life easiest imagine if you came home. You didn't know if any, like, what was going on at all. You walk in and you start making dinner, and then your roommate walks in, sees that you're making dinner, and has a mental breakdown because they had a plan where at six p.m. they were going to make dinner, and you just got in the way of that entire routine.
1: Wouldn't it be confusing and frustrating from that point of view? I really, I really think so. And I think so. so too. That is everybody around you around you point of view. They are just as confused and as lost as we are in those situations. Exactly. And so communicating that
0: to them just a situation like that, and this is actually not one I've experienced at all. This is just a complete hypothetical. A situation like that could be so easily avoidable if that person would have called their roommate a couple hours earlier and been like, Hey, if you could not make dinner, I have it planned out in my schedule today where I'm going to make dinner. I have all everything already prepped and ready to go. I just need to toss it together, and I'm going to do that at 6, and dinner's going to be ready by 7, and that's my plan. And explain to them, you know, hey, and I'd really like if you let me do this on my own, in my own way. I've had a rough day. I've had a rough week. Something just going perfectly right in my routine would be really nice and really calming for me. I feel like that's something that anyone could understand.
1: And I feel like that's something that needs to be more societally accepted. I agree, yeah. That communication, even if you're not neurodivergent, but especially if you're neurodivergent, Mm -hmm. to communicate those needs back and forth because you deserve to, once again, be comfortable with your own existence. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that about covers those three life hacks I think so too so just to go over
0: them one more time hack one we have textures and their effects textures can be a huge thing sensations can be a huge thing you have to make sure that everything around you is a good sensation to the best of your ability obviously some things are out of your control
1: and Just work with it. Go with the flow.
0: Give yourself fidgets to distract yourself from it.
1: There's nothing better. I have a fidget drawer now, guys. I'm collecting slime. It's beautiful. Yeah.
0: If you don't know what a fidget drawer is or you want some ideas, we have our little communication tab on our website where you can send us questions. If you want some ideas for some fidget drawers, comment down below on um, our website or send us a message.
1: That website, by the way, is www.whenyougivethequeersamike.org. And you can subscribe to us, uh, give us some feedback, ask some questions, answer our really cool blog posts on there.
0: Exactly. Which, speaking of blog posts, I will be releasing mine tomorrow at 10 p.m., it's going to be all about drumroll sonnets, not in a boring way. <laughs> So I'm going to be talking about sonnets because they're just so complicated and one person decided to make a sonnet and then every other poetic guy went, hmm, I wonder how I can change that. And now we have so many different types of sonnets with so many different rules. I just want to look into the history and kind of talk about why... Are sonnets so complex? Why are they required to be that complex? So, if you are a poetry nerd, a writing nerd, if you really like literature, if you really like history, theater? Yes, yeah, theater. You are definitely going to want to tune in to tomorrow's blog post. Like I said, it will be up at 10 p.m. tomorrow.
1: And sorry for that little sidetrack with all of that information. Back to uh, what we were doing this evening. Yes. Hack one, Hack textures, one. sensory, work with it. Try to make yourself comfortable with everything in your space. Exactly. Hack two, organize
0: everything. Anti Pinterest style. It does not have to be the way that society has told you it needs to be.
1: Cheryl might make it look cute, but also Cheryl can't find the pen. <laughs> exactly.
0: Cheryl is running through her kitchen because her husband moved the bell peppers because he does not care about her. Thing because she has not
1: communicated. Which brings us to step three, <laughs> communicate with everyone.
0: Yeah, even if it's your teachers. The amount of times I have told my professors that, hey, uh, I'm struggling with this right now because there's these things going on. Communication with everyone is so important. I promise you, if they do not understand they do not deserve to understand. Drop them off the boat into the water.
1: Yeah, they're, they're kind of assholes. Just quit them.
0: Exactly. And if you're a parent, these are also so important. Communicating with your child about this kind of stuff. Making sure that they are comfortable. Making sure they have routines set up that they like. Making sure things are in a place that they like. Um, be that color coordination. Be that labels. Dude, labels are so important. Labels be that are so um, cool. areas like... Um, a lot of parents with neurodivergent children will um, put their toys based on like, these are animals, these are forests, these are trucks. And like, even those are so big and that doesn't happen without communication. It does not happen without organization. It doesn't happen without knowing what to even begin with when it comes to those textures.
1: So essentially work with your child Or your partner. Or your partner on your parenting and your relationships and all of that because it is extremely important to communicate. Mm -hmm.
0: And even if you aren't neurodivergent, this is going to help you out a lot. There is, I mean, neurotypical people still have those textures that really bother them. Those textures, those struggles. Those sounds. Sometimes you have that routine that just makes your day perfection. So do it. Yeah, you do not have to be neurodivergent to listen to this podcast. You do not have to be neurodivergent to take any of this advice.
1: It's just out there for you to use. Speaking of things out there for you to use, I would like to give a little shout out to a couple of Facebook groups that have really helped us in these last two months.
0: Incredible things. We have found apps. We have found tools. We have found ideas that we would have never thought of in a huge
1: community and is helping support such us. a beautiful community and these face group facebook groups are the neurodivergent cleaning crew the neurodivergent cooking crew and neurodivergent but make it fashion and they are people just like us and probably just like you who are here for you and ready to help
0: and if you feel like once you get onto those if you do check them out which i highly suggest it um that they're not specific enough for you or they are not touching on those topics. There is always more Facebook pages. There are always more groups out there that are so much more specific for exactly what you're looking for. I promise you, you can find it.
1: This sounds like a Facebook ad, but they really do have a page for everything. <laughs> they really
0: do. I hate Facebook.
1: Honestly, it is horrible. Uh, And his barbecue sauce. The fucking wizard man.
0: Honestly, if you don't know the barbecue sauce, just look up Mark Zuckerberg barbecue sauce meme. It's incredible. It's golden. highly suggest it.
1: Diamond here.
0: Uh, In reality, that's actually our sponsor, Mark Zuckerberg barbecue (laughs) sauce. (laughs) Um, But anyways, and last but not least... In the end, regardless of if you use any of this or not, I will always suggest at the end of these kind of talks, even if your life is perfect and you have no issues at all, therapy, therapists are amazing. If you not have time to drive somewhere, if you're nervous about meeting in person, there are things like BetterHelp and um, uh, Lyra. Lyra is another one. Those are all online ones. Um, They have deals that you can find on the internet for free trials, for coupons.
1: And a lot of it you can actually do over text if you're not a very talkative person. And once again, we are very brand new. We have no sponsors.
0: These are not sponsorships. These are just things we like and and we find resourceful. And we've heard from other people that they are good and that they've helped them a lot. So please go check out these resources, especially if you need help. And especially if you feel like you
1: don't. Yeah. Therapy is for everyone, and there is no shame in that. Alrighty,
0: righty, and I think that concludes our night. We will see you guys next week, Thursday at 10 p.m. I hope that everyone has a lovely night. And don't forget, first blog post of the season dropping tomorrow at 10 p.m.
1: On the website, which once again is you give the queers a mic.
0: And follow us on Twitter at Mic.
1: Please, I would absolutely adore you.
0: Alrighty, and that is all. Good night and Toodles chicken nuggets.
1: Bye guys.